The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Amen. A long time ago, 25 years ago, I was talking to a medical doctor who was a member of our congregation in Ohio, and I asked him, what is the most important quality that you look for in a doctor? A doctor who's going to be caring for you. And without hesitation, he said this, the best doctor is the one who knows when he or she is in trouble the one who is not afraid to ask for help. And that wasn't expe- I wasn't expecting that from this doctor. But the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. Because, you know, when you put your life in somebody else's hands, when your life is at risk, You don't want them to be risking your life because they're too proud to ask for help. They're too worried about being seen as uh, weak. Weak. Listen to this word from God. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So now we're not talking to an MD, we're talking to the SP, the St. Paul. And we're sitting down and we're having a conversation with him. And our question is, Paul, what's the quality you look for the most in somebody who is praying for you? And his answer is, the best prayer is the one who knows that they're weak. The one who knows that they need help. Now, everybody in here has their own journey. We all have our own uh, trials, our own struggles. So I, I don't know for sure But I'm going to take a guess that a lot of us in here, maybe most of us in here, have never prayed as much as we have prayed in 2020. How strong did you feel in those prayers? When you were praying for peace in our city, for justice, 
in our city, when you're praying for health and safety with your family, how strong did you feel when you were praying? Or did you feel weak? Were the thoughts of your mind and the emotions of your heart just just colliding together and, and spinning around in your head so fast when you closed your eyes with all of those burdens and trials that you have that you weren't even able to formulate a prayer. You weren't even able to articulate the words of a prayer. Does that ever happen to you? Does that always happen to you? Are there actually times when you don't know what you should be praying for? Me too. But instead of puzzling about this, and instead of despairing over this, let's just do what the best prayers do. Lord, help me. Help me when I pray. Help me to trust your help. Help me to remember your will. This summer, I led an online Bible study on Romans chapter 8, and I, know, I made uh, no attempt to hide my love affair with this one chapter of the Bible. I called it my favorite chapter. Other people have called it the best chapter in the Bible. And a word that is before us, uh, like the one that's before us today, uh, is one of the reasons why I say that. I also called Romans chapter 8 the Spirit's chapter. Because within this one chapter in the Bible, there are 19 separate references to God the Holy Spirit. For instance, Paul says in Romans chapter 8 that the Spirit renews our life when he brings us to trust in Jesus. He says the Holy Spirit testifies to us that we are the children of God. He says that the Holy Spirit leads us to expect future glory because of what Christ has done. And these are all, I guess you could say, love letters from God the Holy Spirit. And they don't take away our pain and our suffering and our hardship but they sure make those times more bearable. And here's some more love from God the Holy Spirit in Romans chapter 8. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. What weakness, you ask? This weakness. We don't even know what we ought to pray for but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. So I want us to just think about this for a minute. God the Holy Spirit promises to help you in your prayer life. 
This word for help is only used one other place in the Bible. And it is the story of Mary and Martha. And maybe you know that story. The one sister, Martha, asks the other sister, Mary, to help her. Help her prepare a meal. And, and what was Martha asking Mary to do exactly? Mary, I just want you to, to do your part, to, to hold up your end. This is exactly what God is offering us in our prayer life today in this word of God. He's saying, when you feel so weak, so confused, so distressed, that you can't even formulate a prayer, I will help you. I will hold up my end. And it occurs to me that this is always the way God talks about prayer in the Bible. He, he's always looking to foster a feeling of trust between us and him when he invites us to pray. Think of some of the things that the Bible says about prayer. Jesus says, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. There's a reason for trust. Paul wrote to the Philippians, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Think of the very first words that Jesus teaches us to say in the perfect prayer, the Lord he taught, the prayer he taught us, the Lord's prayer, our Father. What, all of these expressions are meant to show us something. When we pray, we can trust God to help. But in our weakness, we often forget this. We allow the trials of this life to just obliterate God's invitation to pray. Um, sometimes we think of ourselves as, as too busy to pray. Or somehow God, who is not too anything, is too busy to be bothered with us. That's what we think in our weakness. Or we invest more time and more energy in worrying than in praying, which is like praying to a God who can't hear us and who can't help us. Or we just are so confused by the fork in the road we're at that we don't even know what to pray for. And when these become weaknesses is when they keep us from praying. So what's God saying to us today? Isn't he saying this? 
I know you're weak. I know you're weak. Don't worry about praying the perfect prayer. Just pray. I will help you. I will intercede for you. It is like this, and I freely admit that I don't understand this completely. There is no other passage in the Bible like Romans 8, 26 and 27. But what God promises us, what God promises us is that he is going to help us and intercede for us as we pray. It is as if he, on the wings of his wisdom, elevates our very imperfect prayer and makes it perfect to the Lord God. It is as if God the Holy Spirit turns our hearts to all of the promises that God has given in Scripture. He turns our hearts back to those solid promises. And so then our hearts are right when we pray to God, even if we don't think that our words are right. And so he intercedes for us. He helps us. And again, I don't pretend to know what that looks like or how that works. I just know that it works because God says so right here. And that's good enough for me. And what I know is this. Here is an invitation in your darkest moments, in the moments of the most uncertainty and confusion of your life, when you have no clue what to pray, God is saying, pray anyway. Just give it up to him. Turn it over to him. He hears your heart. When you pray. And he'll always answer according to his will. And that's the second big point in this word of God. You know, I love the way that God teaches the Holy Trinity um, in the Bible. The Holy Trinity is this doctrine, this teaching that that our God is a three-in-one God. One God, but three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And yet, the Bible never teaches it that, uh, it never teaches it like by putting up flowcharts or logical, you know, syllogisms so that we can figure that out, how one God can be three persons. It doesn't do that. 
What the Bible does, page after page and passage after passage, is simply speak about God as one God in three persons. And it speaks this glorious harmony that exists within the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working together. And this is one of those passages. Listen, he who searches our hearts. Now the Bible says that's God the Father. So God the Father knows the mind of God the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the Father's people in accordance with the will of the Father. So all of this wonderful help and interceding that God the Holy Spirit does is 100% in accord with, in tune with the will of God the Father. And if that's the way God the Holy Spirit does it in our prayer life, then that is this incredible goal for us in our prayers. That, that we would ask God to help us always pray according to his will. Lord, help me remember your will. And if that sounds a lot like the Lord's prayer to you, you're right. What do we pray? Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Martin Luther writes about this in his catechism. God's good and gracious will certainly is done without our prayer. Which makes sense, right? He's God. He doesn't need our help to do his will. But then Luther goes on to say this. What we pray in this petition is that his will be done among us also. So what we're praying for, what we're asking God to help us with is this. Lord, when I pray, mold my will around your will and your will always be done. Maybe you're thinking... Um, should I, even, should I even express my will in a prayer? Like my wants, my desires, my needs. Well, of course you should. That is exactly what God asks for. That's exactly what he wants. That is the very nature of prayer. That we from our heart would pray to God what our hopes and desires and will, our wants, are. But what he's saying to us today is this. Please know this, my child. I'm always going to answer you the Spirit's way. And the Spirit's way is always in accord with my will. And this is not easy for us. Um, 
It, it's, it's not easy to recognize God's will always in the way our lives are going. And it is also not easy to do God's will in a world that's uh, vehemently opposed to it. And when doing God's will often presents a rocky road for us, like a tough path to travel. Um, the Bible is filled with examples of this, uh, but I'll just give you one, and that's um, the story of a man that takes up a, a, a decent amount of, uh, of chapters in the book of Genesis. This is Joseph, the son of Jacob. You want to talk about a roller coaster of a life. And the down times, I guess that would be the trough, you know, of the, of the roller coaster. For, for Joseph, I really don't think he ever prayed to God for those things. Lord, would you please allow me to be sold into slavery at age 17? Don't think he asked God for that, but he was. Lord, would you please get me thrown into prison because my boss's wife is going to lie about me? But he did. So none of those, and, and, and there were many other instances in his life, which were really like unasked for tragedies. And, and, and he, didn't, he didn't ask for one of them. But when you get to the end of the book of Genesis, you realize what God was doing. Through each one of those unasked for tragedy, God was getting his will done. And his will was that through the life of Joseph, son of Jacob, millions of people would be saved from famine. And God's people would be given this land where they might grow and flourish. God's will happened through Joseph's pain and tumult. And so Joseph's life then is very much like Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And so I ask you, has the smooth pond of your life been rippled by some unasked for, unforeseen tragedy. Some family crisis, some illness, some unemployment, a relationship that you never thought would break now lies broken on the floor. These are the times when God's will is often the last thing we want to see in the events of our life.
Wait, Lord. Lord, I know what is best for me, and this is not it. What have I done to deserve this? What about all the people who despise you, who spurn you, who, who mock you, and, and, and they just go on their merry way? How can you let this happen to me, Lord? It's not fair. I scoop my two-year-old granddaughter up in my arms and hold her in the kitchen. And she points at the butcher knife on the kitchen counter and she says, I touch it? No. No, my child. I love you too much to have you touch that. What you want is not good for you. God scoops me up in his arms and I point. I point at a life that is free from loss, free from pain, free from hurt, free from brokenness. And I say, I have it? No, my child. Let my will be done in your life. And know that my will is always flowing through the love of Jesus Christ. Shall we not put our lives in the hands of the one who sent us Jesus to save us from our sins? And shall we not submit our will to the will of the one who covered our sin in the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ? This is why we can confidently say, Lord, your will be done in my life. There's an old story that's told about two uh, preacher's wives back in the day. They were uh, visiting with each other out on the front porch as they were patching their husband's pants. And one woman asked the other, Sister, why is your congregation doing so well while ours is failing? What's your husband's secret? And she replied, Well, take a look at where you're sewing on those britches. You're patching your husband's seat. I'm patching my husband's knees. Now that story is told to reinforce the importance of prayer in our life, the power of prayer in our life. And stories are nice, but a word from God is even better. Today we have that word. Today we have a word from God encouraging us, even driving us to our knees to replace our hesitance, replace our worry with a trust 
that God is always going to help you in your prayer. And God is always going to answer you according to your, to his loving will. This is the way the Lord would have us pray. This is the way he will help us. Amen. Please stand. We pray. Come, my soul, with every care. Jesus loves to answer prayer. He himself bids you to pray and will never turn away. You are coming to a king. Large petitions with you bring, for his grace and power are such. None can ever ask too much. Amen. This message was a production of St. Marcus Lutheran Church. For similar content, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or our YouTube channel. For more information about how to support our urban gospel ministry in Milwaukee, please visit stmarcus.org.